So before we get started on today's episode, we just wanted to say thank you so much for all of the love and support that we got on social media. And we wanted to say how much we appreciated our friends and family reaching out with such great supportive messages. You guys have really helped turn this dream into a reality, and we hope you enjoy this first episode. I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Grim Mystics. So I'm super excited that we're doing our first episode. It's just been, you know, a long time coming since we've been planning on this since, I don't know, August is what what you found. Right. I can't believe it's finally here. I'm pretty sure it was August. I could be wrong, but I looked back on the text messages and it was around (laughs) then that you reached out and I just can't believe that we're actually doing this and we're about to like publish our first episode. I know. I remember when it became real is when we got the microphones and like headphones delivered. And I remember my husband coming in as I'm opening up the box and he was like, oh, so like you're really going to do this like all out. Like, all right, you look official. And I was just like, yeah, we are official. Like we have mics and headphones and editing software that makes no sense to me. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to me either, but we're just (laughs) rolling with the punches here. (laughs) Well, Leslie, would you want to get started? Absolutely. I would love to. And I'm so excited. Amber is starting us off for our season one episode. And today on the map, we are going to Estes Park, Colorado. Woohoo! Today, we are going to the Stanley Hotel. Um, Leslie and I are going to be alternating who's doing the research for each episode. And I thought the Stanley would be a good one for our first episode because it's close to home. And everyone in our area knows of or has been to the Stanley Hotel. It was a lot of fun doing some research on the history of F.O. Stanley and his wife, Flora. And it was also a lot of fun reading into the ghost stories. So that's kind of where we're getting our inspiration for this episode. Yeah. So Amber did the hard work and you're just you're just going to listen to my <laughs> charisma. That's the best part. I'm bringing charisma to the table <laughs> You'll today. You'll pick it up next week and I'll be I'll bring the, you know, the wit. <laughs> bring the fire. So Exactly. Three books that I looked into for this research um, are actually able to be purchased at the Stanley Hotels gift shop, and they have converted their gift shop to online purchasing as well. So if you're riveted by this podcast and want to, you know, read more on your own, I mean, these books have pictures, like they're very thorough. Um, Please, please go to the Stanley Hotel website where you can kind of find a link to go to the gift shop and you can purchase stuff online. COVID's been hard on everybody. And if we can get people to support locally, then I definitely would like to push for that. Um, The books that I did look into, um, we have The Concise History of the Stanley Hotel, second edition by Ron Lasky. And we have Ghost Stories of the Stanley Hotel and the Estes Valley Volume 1 and 2. Um, by Celeste Lasky. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. Well, in this like duo, so how I kind of read into even the authors because I'm just that much of a nerd. I haven't done research since college, but apparently I like it. 
So the husband was writing his history of the Stanley and the wife would go along with him when he was talking to people and stories and everything. And she was so intrigued by the ghost stories. So she was inspired by his research to write the ghost stories books. And for all three of these, it was like $14. So go to the Stanley website, get the books if you want them. But yeah, don't use Amazon. Don't use any of that. Like, let's support the local, you know, local stuff that we can. So, Leslie, are you ready to learn everything you need to know about the Stanley? I was fine. <laughs> I'm so ready for this. Oh, we should also mention that it took us an hour <laughs> to get this going because the universe or the spirits or whatever was not here for it. They didn't want us to talk about this. So spooky coincidence number one of the evening. Or it's because we both live in new build neighborhoods and our internet sucks. <laughs> it's definitely the ghost. Also, second, <clears throat> my dogs are acting super weird. Oh. So Amber, if you see something in my my video, just let me know in that door. Got it. Right? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> just let me know. All right. So our story starts with F.O. Stanley or Freelan Oscar. What a name. Right? Oh, it gets better. Just wait. He was born on June 1st, 1849, and he had an identical twin. And you'll never guess what the identical twin went by. Waylon. No, F.E. So we got an F.O. and we got an <laughs> F.E. <laughs> At least it's easy to remember. I mean, until you get the letters mixed up, they're identical twins and their names are off by one letter. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you really feel bad? I feel like at that point, they're just setting up the rest of us to mess I up mean, the name. Truly, truly. Well, and they, there were five other siblings and I couldn't find the other siblings names, but I'm sure it was like a periodic table of, you know, hyphens. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope, right? So... F.O. and F.E. were pretty good businessmen, even from when they were little. Their first company together was building violins. Wow. Yeah. They just, they built things. They were, I think they were 10 when they started that first company. 10 years old, and they're hand-making violins for grown people to play. What year is this? Um, this was 1849. Well, that's the year they were born, so 10 years after that, so 59. They just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> I don't even know how I'd begin to start to make a violin. <laughs> some wood and some strings. Um, yeah, I don't even know. Um, throughout their lives, they literally had so many career belts that they would, you know, or hats that they would jump into. Um, they were Did artists, career belts? musicians. <laughs> I meant hats. Is that a thing? <laughs> Yeah, like you, you know, you have different career hats. It's a, yeah. it's a thing. I, I knew swear. the hat thing, but you said career belts. Did well, you not? It's career <laughs> accessories. Does it matter? <laughs> they had right. many accessories to go with their many careers. <laughs> Perf. <laughs> but they were artists, musicians, inventors, and architectural designers just throughout their lives. So they weren't born into money. This was all made by the two of them. Um, a lot of their great ideas led to them making enough money, to, well, FO enough money to someday build the Stanley Hotel and all the buildings around it. Their big deal, they sold, and I have no, I meant to look this up before, but I thought it'd be more fun for us to just have no idea what it was. <laughs> it was a photographic dry plate processing machine. So this allowed plates to be pre-coated 
at the factory instead of by hand. I don't know what that means. To like to like print the pictures or to like obviously not. Yes, but to put designs on plates. So instead of doing them by hand, there was a machine that I mean ultimately probably does what plate manufacturers do today and stamp that shit. Kodak like the camera uh purchased it because they, you know, they were in in the hopes to be in a printing business someday for $800,000. Making that money. Yeah, back in the late 1800s, that had to be crazy amounts of money. Did you look up what that is today? No, I didn't look up what that is today. My research stops at like the three books. <laughs> okay, so this is eight. Does it say what year it was that they sold? Um, it, They didn't. It was before he started building the Stanley. So I would say the like end of the 1800s. Okay, so I'll say like eighteen ninety five, and they sold it for what? Eight hundred thousand. Any guesses? Um, I'm gonna say like millions now. <clears throat> Twenty four million nine hundred twelve and fifty so. 50, I can't say those. It's so big, I can't even <laughs> say it. That's the public school system doing us right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. Uh. Let's try this again. $24,912,571.43. I mean, and it was still a big deal back in the day. He was able to build the Stanley with what they got from this and their other inventions. I mean, they made the, so it's not the Stanley steamer, like carpet cleaner, but they made like the Stanley steamer vehicle. Right, no shit. Those were these two brothers as well, which now makes sense why they have a Stanley steamer in the Stanley hotel. Never put two and two together when I went there. Not one bit. I've never <laughs> been there, so. Well, but they have, I wouldn't have either, honestly. They unless have a, I knew that little FF. Yeah, they, fun fact for people who aren't in the know. <laughs> <laughs> they seriously have like a car in the lobby and it's a stanley steamer and i never put two and two together i was just like oh cool it must have been his car <laughs> wow <laughs> a car <laughs> um okay so the reason that the stanley brothers did not continue to pursue the ever-changing stuff that was going on with the stanley steamer is because fe died by oh God, a stanley that's, steamer that's some shit right there isn't it yeah so 1918 fe died um when a steam car he was driving went out of control so fo was like f, f it and f it and didn't want to work with the cars anymore damn that's nuts <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm really I'm really playing with these <laughs> these little F letters no, together. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Are they an acronym? Again, that public school system, damn it, did us good. <laughs> really fuck us over. <laughs> the all if any of the teachers from high school who pity passed me are listening to this, thank you. <laughs> I was in some really high math classes and now I can barely say like the hundreds, thousands and get it right. As we learned, I can't either. So and at least I, I was in the low <laughs> math class. So at least I got that going for me. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I'm so sad his brother passed away. And then we're kind of jumping back in time. So in 1876, F.O. and Flora got married. And later in 1903, um, F.O. was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And at the time, the go-to was the doctors were telling people to go out west because the air was purer out west. In Colorado, 
I mean, they believed like spiritually that the rocks were healing in the mountains. And they also believed that the elevation was better for people. I don't, there's like a lot of reasons why doctors. Well, I say for those who aren't in Colorado, it's hard as fuck to breathe here because of the elevation. And as from one spoonie <laughs> to the next, we ain't got nothing fancy. Okay. We all get sick just like everywhere else. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. Don't move here because you think that our rocks are magic and our air will cure your problems. That's a pipe dream. I'm just telling you now. It's not it's not happening. Um. So, yeah. So, they recommended that FO and Flora move out here. And you know where they first land, like landed? Where they first like were living before all of the moves to Estes? I would think like uh, if it's something important to us, like I'm going to say Loveland. No. Denver. Which to me, I'm like. That's not better air quality. <laughs> well, it probably was then because there was that was like the only city around, so probably no pollution or. That's true. Nothing like now. Um. So yeah. So they landed in Denver and they stayed there for a little bit, but in the summer it got too hot in the city, so they found a cabin near Elkhorn Lodge, which I believe is still like working and functioning as cabin lodges that you can rent and go stay up. So I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Again, I, I don't know, but I think so. Yeah. The problem with the cabin, though, was Flora didn't like roughing it. That's what she considered roughing She it. needed to glamp. She's all about that glamp life. She would love the glamping scene <laughs> nowadays. I think that that would be her, her calling. <laughs> so F.O. built her a home. He was like, all right, you don't like the cabin, I'll build you a home. And it's still near the Stanley property. It's like a half a mile west of the Stanley Hotel. So it's still up and standing. It's privately owned now. So no one go knocking on doors. We don't need these people to hunt us down first, telling our 48 followers that there's a home that you can check out because you can't. That's dreams, though, to live at that place. That would be freaking cool. I want It's probably haunted, and I want to live there. Probably, but they had the house. It has a red roof. Like it literally looks like the Stanley Hotel. So, you know, everyone in Estes probably knows the private owners of that. And they're like, oh, you live in the red roof. Mm. Red rum. I don't know. <laughs> red rum. <laughs> Yours was better. <laughs> oh, I've perfected the demon voice. <laughs> Um, so then we're going to fast forward to 1907 and that is when FO began building the Stanley. Uh, the hotel took two years to complete and it was the first fully electric hotel in the world at the time. Damn. That's like a big deal. I think like, yeah, no, I know it, that's, that's my, yeah. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's your big deal voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was the first fully electric hotel. Um, and then. To make this guy just even better, he donated electricity to the town of Estes so that they could run their streetlights. What a kind move on that gentleman's part. Right? Like, here, I have so much electricity when it's not even something that's fathomable at this time. Let me give it to you. I throw electricity at bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the town loved him. <laughs> and then... He also only charged, so then townspeople started wanting electricity because, you know, the town has it, so they want it. He only charged people for light bulbs. What a kind man. Yeah. So 
I, I just can't. Yeah. To get to their personal homes, all they had to pay was stuff for the light bulbs, which leads us into, you said, positive man. He actually had people around him know what his main belief or his main goal in life was. And he believed that happiness is the result of making others happy. So he made sure to take care of the adults and the children of Estes for most of his life. I think Flora lived in 91 and a year later, F.O. died at age 90. Like, they seriously loved this town. That's so nice. We need more people like that now. But not everyone hates each other. I mean, yeah, if someone tried to jack a light bulb for me, I'd punch him in the throat. Like, it's too aggressive now. <laughs> That's me shanking. <laughs> You could be a voiceover actor for random things like demons and shanks. Well, I mean, I taught preschool for three years. Literally, my only talent is making stupid noises and voices. That's all I got. So so do you hear that, adults of the Fort Collins Loveland area? Leslie was teaching your kids how to make shank noises. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if I would tell the children it was shank noises, but yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what it is. So. It's, it's probably his microphone also. It's high quality. I know. So. The microphone's quality. It sounds real good. <laughs> uh, so the grand opening for the hotel was July 4th in 1909. So a really good uh, way to ring in you know, America's independence was to build this beautiful hotel that still stands. And it wasn't just the hotel that was built. Because uh, you know, if we've gotten to know anything about our buddy F.O., he likes to go all out for his wife when she feels like she is roughing it. He makes sure she's not. So he built, in two years, he built the hotel, a manor house, which was a smaller replica of the hotel, the Stanley Hall, which is where a lot of music and uh, like the Colorado Symphony is played there. Like it's a really big deal. Like people come from all over to play. I think I read like Bob Dylan played there once. Random. The carriage house and the uh, the manager's house and a dormitory for the hotel employees. So this guy was so nice. He thought ahead and was like, my employees are going to want to sleep and they probably aren't going to want to, you know, drive down the, which was a dirt road at the time from Lyons to Estes. So he made sure they had dorms. Also, can we just say, F.O. built his wife a fucking resort. Like <laughs> my husband, my husband won't even put his dirty clothes in the hamper. Like, so... <laughs> Honestly, props, props to F.O. That was quite kind of him. Yeah, F.O. was a great fella. <laughs> and if we ever get reincarnated, Flora is going to have some competition. <laughs> Just kidding. I love my husband. I'm not. <laughs> Just kidding. In case our husbands one day listen to this. <laughs> so the cost to a bill to build the hotel and additional buildings, there's a range. There's not like a set price. So it's anywhere from two hundred thousand dollars to five hundred thousand dollars. So the cost of like a house in Colorado now is what it costs to have him build this gorgeous, like you said, resort is a good word for it. Yeah. And this guy is so great. He used local wood when building the hotel to support local companies and, and local items whenever he could. So he's just like the best person ever, basically. I think that's why he was able to live to 90 or 91, whichever one he lived to, because like, I really feel like good people live to those ages right he filled his karma well yeah so then i looked up the cost to stay at the hotel in 1909 was anywhere from five to eight dollars per night what a deal 
I know if my husband hears that part because we stayed there for our four year anniversary a while back, he's going to be real disappointed <laughs> in how much we spent. <laughs> so Craig, don't listen to the, that part. <laughs> All right. So now that we're done with the history and a little background on this great family and everything that they did so wonderfully for the town of Estes, do you want to get into some ghost stories? Yeah, that's literally why I'm here. I want you to scare my socks off. I'm home alone, so let's <laughs> do this. Okay. So here's the thing. I read through Ghost Stories Volume 1 and 2, and there are a lot that are based in the Estes Valley. I didn't want to read those because our focus is the Stanley Hotel. These ghosts are fucking nice. Oh, no. That's all there is to it. These stories, like, are adorable. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's good, but, like, that's not what I'm here for. I, yeah. I mean, nice ghosts are good. I guess that we shouldn't complain. Yeah. I mean, including since, you know, we hope to someday when life gets a little bit calmer, go back as a podcasting best friend duo and go there, that it's nice to know that they're pretty much nice ghosts. So I'm going to read a quick stories, which is also not scary. <laughs> But I'm going to read a couple of stories from The Ghost Stories of the Stanley Hotel and Estes Valley Volume 1 by Celeste Lasky. And just kind of, you know, I'll tell you, I'll read you like two. And then I, I have a personal story that I can share. So maybe the personal story will be a little more spooky. Ooh, a spooky noise. <laughs> so this one is called Mostly Ghostly music. The Stanley Hotel in the Colorado Rockies near the town of Estes Park opened its doors in 1909. To celebrate the occasion, F.O. Stanley presented his wife Flora with a new Steinway Grand Piano. It had arrived by train in Lyons, Colorado, a small train stop about 20 miles from Estes Park. From Lyons, the Steinway was carried by ox cart up the steep canyon road to the hotel. Sounds sketchy as shit. Right? <laughs> that poor man with the ox and the poor ox, like, terrified for their lives. Yeah. Sounds sketchy. <laughs> Flora established afternoon concerts in the years to follow in the music room. These concerts were social affairs in every sense of the word. The women wore gowns and the men sported their tuxedos. Many great and near great musicians played at these concerts. I would hate to be the near great musician described. <laughs> <laughs> story of my fucking life though really like like if i got up there and sang i would be near great <laughs> but like oh, no. how many people were so stoked to be performing there and then it's described as near great <laughs> what a confidence booster <laughs> they're like cool i'm never gonna play the piano again thanks flora <laughs> oh man Ultimately, the music extended to weddings and more recently, the Stanley Concert Series. As time passed, stories began to surface about the music room and its grand piano. So they still have her grand piano in the music room. It's the original. One of the strangest involved the night manager of the hotel. It was the early 1980s. The night manager, John, checked his watch. It was 11.30 p.m. exactly. On the dot. On the dot. Thunder rolled outside after each flash of lightning. He walked to the front door and looked out. It was raining with a vengeance. That's quite the description. Raining with a vengeance. Right? Glad I'm inside tonight, he said to the empty lobby. <laughs> I mean... It's not funny. This is his life. Sorry. Sorry, friend. Sorry, John. <clears throat> but like... I'm just imagining him retelling this story to Celeste and like, <laughs> right. I said to the lobby, like, good thing I'm inside. <laughs> like, I. Celeste's probably like, what the? F all right. Like, I'll write it down. You said it. You were so. very specific, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
he said to the empty lobby. The lights flickered. Boy, (laughs) just like in the movies. A bad storm, lights about to go out, and no one around. He continued to no one. I guess I'd better get back to work. (laughs) John went back behind the reception desk and began going over his usual paperwork. He was engrossed in what, what he was doing. Then, what? He looked up, peering over the desk. Nothing. How about that? I'm spooked by the storm. He laughed. He went back to his paperwork again, this time determined not to be distracted. Within a few minutes, there it was. Music. Who in the world has the radio on down here? John walked out into the lobby, ready to ask whoever it was to be considerate of the guests upstairs and to turn the radio off. Entering the lobby, he looked around and saw no one because he's a good he's a good night manager. He's thinking of the guests. Yeah, but your walls are real thin. If some, I mean, that's a big hotel. So if you can hear someone on one side of the floor, like, you need to work on your, on your insulation there. <laughs> True. They, well, I mean, they used, you know, local wood. I don't know what local insulation was like at the time. <laughs> Apparently it was shit. So. <laughs> All right. Um, let me find out where I was. Entering the lobby, he looked around, but saw no one. However, the music room lights were on. Had I forgotten to turn them off? So he headed in that direction. As he approached the door to the music room, he could see the piano keys moving, filling the room with beautiful music. But no one was sitting at the piano. As he, st- as he stepped across the threshold of the room, the music stopped. No, I don't think I believe what I'm seeing. Of course not. At least I don't think so. John was not a believer in ghosts. However, he lost no time in returning to the front desk, locking himself in later... Fuck the guests. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, let the ghost get the guests. I'm going to lock myself in our front room. <laughs> Later, conversing with himself as a means of settling his nerves, he came to a conclusion. Perhaps Flora was happy the guests were at the Stanley, able to hear the music of her beloved Steinway. They're nice ghosts. No, that's that's sick, though. Like, it's one thing to hear music, but to, like, see the keys move. Like, that's sick. Right? That's what yeah. That's what dreams are made of. for those of us who want an experience for those of us who do yes but you know i mean but she's nice she's just playing the piano making a man lock himself in a room you know the huge it's a friday night for me he's like so concerned about the noise for the other guests and then he like locks himself in the room like (laughs) my other duty is like i don't care if someone comes in late or if they need a towel like i'm not i'm not coming out of this room locking myself in here <laughs> right like i mean i i get it i'd be spooked too but come on you're so concerned for the noise volume but <laughs> but not for their well-being when it goes around so the next one is still in volume one of this book and it's a spirited ringing out of the old year late in december of 1979 Artie a housekeeper at the Stanley Hotel, reported to work as usual at 8 o'clock in the evening. The duties that night included the McGregor dining room. Included the McGregor dining room. Okay, so I thought there were more rooms, but just that. <laughs> On a side note, the McGregors were a big deal in Estes. And oh. uh, by marriage, the McGregors are like a big Scottish family. And Greg's come from McGregor's and I'm a Greg. So I'm a McGregor. So you're oh my God. So you could probably go sit in the McGregor room and like all your ghost ancestors will come visit you. They're not my ancestors. Well, by marriage, they'd want to see what their family married into. Oh, they would be sorely disappointed. <laughs> so sorry <laughs> to tell you. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like you married a sick one. Like you could have had anyone and you married a sick one who's kind of weird, really socially awkward, but okay, it's fine. 
Okay, the ancestors have nothing to say about sick ones because they literally thought mountain air cured tuberculosis. So, <laughs> and I don't have polio. So, in that yeah, case. <laughs> some of them probably died that way. <laughs> right. That's true. Uh, well, then, so your family dining hall <laughs> or dining room was part of Artie's to do list. <laughs> Within a few days, it would be New Year's Eve, and the hotel was making preparations for the annual New Year's Eve ball, which would be held in the McGregor dining room. There would be a dance band on the stage and music to entice the partygoers out on the dance floor. <laughs> like, it, I don't, it just sounds so like, please come dance. <laughs> They're they're playing some cyclone on that on those on that stereo. <laughs> I'm telling you, some one two step. <laughs> right, the Cupid shuffle. I don't care how old you are. The Cupid shuffle gets you out of out of your seat and on the dance floor, regardless of age. My husband does not dance unless he's unless he's had a couple alcoholic beverages. But he will get out for the Cupid shuffle before he's had those beverages. Tanya, that's what they were blasting. <laughs> All those old timies in their dresses just getting out to the right and to the left. <laughs> yep, it's true. But first, Artie would have to prepare that floor with special wax so the dancers would glide easily to the music. That chore then became... Sounds like a terrible idea. Sorry. <laughs> we want them to fall. We want everyone to feel like Who... a bad dancer so no one feels good. <laughs> Who made that decision? That like no wonder people died at that hotel. They fucking wax the floors <laughs> when you're supposed to be dancing. <laughs> Terrible call, Artie. <laughs> what I think of is like I don't know if you've watched Friends, but in the episode where Chandler and Monica get married, he like has been taking dance lessons and wants to show show off and show her that he can dance. And he gets new dancing shoes and never breaks them in. And it's like a slip and slide on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much what I'm picturing is occurring in the McGregor Hall. So yeah, just imagine Matthew Perry sliding up and down the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that chore then became Artie's priority. There was no one else working on the main floor except the night auditor. It was almost midnight and time for Artie's mid-shift break. Both doors to the dining room were closed as she worked, oh, Artie's a she, as she worked away up on the stage area. She dusted the piano taking she dusted the piano taking special care to apply a bit of wax so that the piano shined. Her back oh, shined her back to the room. Then What's that sound? Artie asked aloud. She had a sense that she was hearing the low hum of a room full of people talking. She felt a chill go through her and she turned around to face the room. Oh my, this doesn't look like 1979 people to me. <laughs> this can't be happening. The ladies are all of the early 1900s. Their hair piled high on their heads. The men with goatees, because I've never seen a goatee out of the 1900s. And we should keep it. We should keep them back there, though, because it's not a good look for most people. <laughs> Sorry. I did start dating my husband when he had a goatee, so I, f I fell for oh, it. I met Robert with a goatee. <laughs> no, no, no. Robert had a go he was bald as shit with a goatee. I mean, that, yeah, no, I got it. See, so those goatees trapped us in. <laughs> That's It's the start. It's the little fishing line, and then they get you in when they grow out the full beard like they have now. <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the men with goatees, and then it says, no, no. <laughs> so Artie felt the same way. No on the goatees. 
<laughs> She's like, goatees are out. This is not 1979. Cut, people. I don't care about the hair and the dresses. What the fuck with the goatees? That's where I draw the line. <laughs> the room was full of elegantly dressed people having a leisurely dinner. The room looked different somehow. Artie finally pinpointed the difference. The furnishings were different, and so were the window decorations. Her heart beat wildly in her chest. She returned to her work, now shining the piano bench. So she sees this change and goes back to work. That is a good employee. The goatees didn't honor too bad. <laughs> not not enough to, to, you know, she's not on her 15. No, so. She's making that paper and no goatee is going to distract her. She returned to her work, now shining the piano bench. Then she began to work on the stage floor. Got to keep busy. This is crazy. She whispered. Oh, that was a whisper. I shouted it. <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> I'll do the whispering. Thank you. <laughs> the, and it says in quotes, the dinner guests continued with their party until about two o'clock in the morning. So where was Artie's break that she was supposed to have? <laughs> and she just sat in that same room the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, so that's a late party. How old are these people? Because me, I'm like, it's like 10 o'clock and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm, I'm, I'm good <laughs> for the evening. <laughs> Artie had finished all the waxing and polishing. She decided to go out into the lobby and ask the night auditor if she heard anything. Hey, Sarah, did you hear anything? Artie asked. Hear what? Well, people laughing and talking, not loudly or anything, more like a hum of talking. No, Sarah said. I didn't hear anything. It's as quiet as an empty church in here. Kind of unnerves me a little. I was going to play the radio, but the batteries are dead, I guess. And I can't find the cord that it has as a backup. Are you all right? You look a little uptight. This is so descriptive for like a, a replay. Like when I when I retell my stories, I don't necessarily like go into this amount of detail. So Celeste snaps to you. Yeah, like she really was a creative writer. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, Artie reassures her. Just something I thought I heard and saw. Maybe my imagination is getting the better of me on these night shifts. Ha ha! H-A exclamation point. H-A exclamation point. Again, with the descriptions. I, I mean, I'm here for it, but. <laughs> They're just really thorough. <laughs> Artie laughed. Ha ha. <laughs> Again, I'm here for these. I'm here for these sound effects, folks. Artie returned to the McGregor room to finish her night's duties. When she closed the doors, there was nothing. No sound. No images of people dining. Well, that had to be my imagination going wild, she said. Aloud. Not whispering this time. I like the clarification. <laughs> yeah, we are not whispering now. We are talking in our normal tone. Please and thank you. <laughs> a few minutes later, the sound of the hazy images of people at the tables came back. The party was not over. Again, these folks are nuts. <laughs> right? They're partiers. What time is this now? It's yeah. after 2 a.m. The dining room was filled. She did her best to continue to work and not look at the party goers. So she's just working around the party. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, hold up. Uh, I think I think my manager will forgive me for the evening if I'm <laughs> flabbergasted at the at the guests that we have present. Nope, she just kept working. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Let me clean that ring of of ice condensation around your invisible tree. <laughs> like they must have like phenomenal benefits if these people are willing to work through this. Sh I like I think I would draw a line I don't think I'd be like oh I'll watch but I'm not gonna like continue to work while there's this like ghost 
you know, fiesta occurring. I honestly wonder, like, if something scary happens at the Stanley Hotel, like, are the managers willing to accept no something's happening i don't want to do it i think you would have to like at this point you would have to because you just expect it i would assume i don't know (laughs) i would i would hope so (laughs) because that if i had a manager that was like i don't care that you saw the elevators door doors open and blood spewing out with crazy psycho teens like or twins or whatever is in the shining like go mop it up i don't know (laughs) i will say For a future episode, one day I'll talk about one of my experiences, but I worked in a place that I saw some shit, and I did not continue to work. My boss was cool with me, GTFO. (laughs) See, you had a good boss then, because I've had some crappy managers that would probably be like, no, like, get back in there, girl, like, shut it down. (laughs) Oh, no, she she left with me. We were like, fuck this, so... Like I said, that's a future. It's a future episode. I'm excited to hear it. I'm very excited to hear about it. All right. So the dining room was filled. She did her best to continue to work and not look at the party goers. The low murmur of conversation and the beautifully dressed people continued with their gathering until almost 4 a.m. No one can see my face, but like, what? That's no one parties till 4 a.m. unless you're like the dead do. That's true. I guess. What are you gonna do? Sure. All right. All right. <laughs> 18 year olds in the dead those are the only people up at 4 or 4 (laughs) a.m my husband and i are in bed by 8 30 and sometimes i wake up at 4 30 a.m to go to a gym class that is the only time i see 4 a.m i do not stay up to see 4 a.m no no i don't think i don't think i've ever stayed up till 4 a.m and i've stayed up late i used to be wild Yeah, we used to go to Blockbuster and rent like six DVDs and watch them all in one night. We were crazy. Do you remember Teeth? <laughs> I was talking. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I was talking about that the other day with my coworker. For those of you who don't know, I don't suggest you Google it. It was it was nuts so also um my mom will be listening to this in april you (laughs) slacked a little on your watching what dvds we purchased because teeth was intense for us to see it like what 14 yeah teeth wasn't it kema it wasn't it (laughs) you shouldn't have given us the blockbuster card and just told us to go on our merry way gonna haunt me for the rest of my life all right back to the story the low murmur of conversation and the beautifully dressed people continued with their gathering until almost 4 a.m then they were gone just like that i wonder if they knew i was here Artie asked herself i sure knew they were here oh i don't like how she said they like you know they well at least she's not presuming their gender identity you know because like okay what are gender norms now so we'll give her that all right. See, I'm thinking of like the those people, but I like your way of thinking. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's hope let's hope for the nice one. Yeah. Well, these are nice ghosts. See, so there are a ton of other stories. I just didn't want to throw a bunch, you know, out there because um, I want to give everybody a taste of the books and then hopefully they can, you know, go to, again, the Stanley Hotel gift shop page online and purchase these books to support local, and also just read more about the fun stories. Now, I have one final story, and this one's a personal story from, I think I said earlier, Craig and I went to stay at the Stanley for our four-year anniversary um, when we were dating, and mostly it's because my husband loves me a lot because he is not into this ghost stuff. He doesn't believe in it. He thinks it can be explained away. Shun the non-believers, Charlie. My husband is also so old, he doesn't even know what that is. (laughs) All right. So 
my story, we stayed at the Stanley um, and we were on the fourth floor and we stayed in Craig looked back today. It was room 412. So they did like one of those ghost hunting episodes on the Stanley and the room 412 got brought up. Like on Ghost Adventures? Something like that. Yeah, it was some ghost thing. We didn't see it until after. Ghost Adventures is my shit. So <laughs> it was it might have been. I have them DVR'd, literally. No cap, not kidding. I love those <laughs> adventures, so I'll go back and watch. Yeah, see if it was that one. I, it was some show like that. I can't remember. Um, but what was interesting about our room, so there are a bunch of rooms in the Stanley that are famously haunted. Um, there's the one that Stephen King stayed in. It's like 217. Um, and then there's 418 and 428, which are also haunted. 428 has a ghost in it that is just like super handsy and like that's not very nice (laughs) he messes with blankets he really likes ladies i read an article said that said like he really liked brushing their hair while they slept or like brushing their cheek and like messing with their blankets so like low-key glad we didn't stay there i don't like any of that i don't (laughs) like any of that I don't want it. <laughs> so for 12, where we stayed, it just said that like people could hear children running up and down the hallways. That was it. Craig and I didn't hear any of that. Like I wasn't woken up in the middle of the night, nothing. But like there's never been a ghost seen in that room. You just hear kids hot wheeling around all night, apparently. The kids are the worst. <laughs> Kid ghosts are fucking terrifying. Because you don't know if they're real kids or if they're like something else pretending to be a kid. Well, so that is... Again, I'm not here for that. (laughs) That's a good segue into Lucy. So Craig and I stayed there and we did one of their night ghost tours. So it was was an anniversary about me. My husband would have preferred to not do any of this. But we went up to the Stanley Hotel, paid much more than five five to eight dollars for that night and got a ghost tour at night as well. And we were in the Stanley Music Hall and they have like this little back area that's like a basement and a long hallway. And there's this ghost that haunts the music hall and the hallway and her name is Lucy. And apparently she was a little girl who stayed at the Stanley many, many years ago. And they found her in that back hallway looking at construction plans. The staff got pissed, threw her out in the cold, and she died. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, so Lucy um, haunts the Stanley now because she died on the grounds. So all through our tour, you know, Craig is messing with me because that's what my husband likes to do. If I'm kind of scared, he likes to amplify my fear. Typical guy. Typical, yeah, Yeah. typical. So he has been pulling my hair randomly when I'm not paying attention throughout this entire tour. Every time he does it, I turn around, I give him a smack. So we go, there's like this room that the tour guide took us to. All the lights were off and she had this flashlight and she's trying to summon Lucy to communicate through the flashlight. So Craig and I, because we hate people, even back before COVID, we didn't like being around a lot of people. Same. (laughs) Nothing's changed for us. Relatable. So we hung back and didn't like weren't able to fit in this tiny like storage room. And so we stood in the doorway. So our tour guide looks up and everyone's like sitting in a, you know, seance circle around her with this flashlight and it's flickering and stuff like that. And she looks up and she goes, is there anyone in the doorway? And I said, I am. And then she goes, is there anyone behind you? And I said, you know, Craig at the time was my boyfriend. So he said, my boyfriend. And she goes, is there anyone behind him? (laughs) And we're like, 
no. And she's like, I just saw someone run down the hall. <laughs> like at that point, it's just, it's, we know what you're, we know your tricks at that point. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. Like Craig and I were like, okay, like mm, we should have just been quiet and let her say someone was standing in the doorway. And then he could have jumped out and scared the shit out of everyone. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think of that. So we're making fun of the tour guide because of that. I'm like, we're, we're jerks. We're like, okay. Like, ooh. and so everything that we had, you know, been told we were seeing from there, Craig took that as like, a, I'm going to try to debunk all of this stuff. So we're laughing standing there and every, and we kind of move out of the doorway so everyone can start walking down the hall. And I, you know, I'm mimicking the the tour guide and she's far enough away. Like we're not being mean to her face. Like we're not those types of people. <laughs> It's behind your back. <laughs> I'm not sure that's better, but you know. I just didn't want people to think like my husband and I were like Karen's and Dick's, you know, just like <laughs> shouting at this poor tour guide. Like we we tipped her and thanked her at the end. I would have made fun of her too, honestly. If after the whole, is there anyone else? I'd be like, all right, girl, like I know you're just trying to make that cash, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. That's all it was. Yeah. That's no, all I it got was. It. I we got thought it. that she was great. But that part, we were like, okay. So we're sitting there making fun of her. And then my hair gets pulled. And it has been, it's the hardest it's been pulled all night. And my scalp is burning. Like it, it was like getting in a fight and you didn't have time to take your bun down. Like that kind of like rip. I can't relate to that. Because I've been I, in so I, many fights I, and I can't I've never say that's occurred to me, <laughs> but I'll take your word. I got the idea. <laughs> Yeah. So I, again, turn around and punt, like hit. Well, now I'm going to get in trouble for spouse soul abuse. But I give him a love tap and say, stop pulling my hair. So my husband swears to this day because I asked him when I started researching the Stanley again. I told him, you know, I reminded him of the story and I said, all right, I'm going on the air with 48 <laughs> listeners, maybe. <laughs> so push comes to shove. This is the time to be honest. Because he swears up and down he did not pull my hair. Swears. So I said, did you pull my hair? You got to tell Craig that you're going to lie to me. You can't lie to me. Forget the 48 followers. I, me. I know. I can't. I can't lie. Yeah, Leslie, you're like a, <laughs> you're, you're up here in my husband's brain. Like, he loves you. <laughs> tell, tell him to join like, the club. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're one of his up there people. (laughs) So I should have. But yeah, so no lying to Leslie, no lying to our listeners. And he swears up and down to this day that he did not pull my hair. And that is the only thing he has not been able to like have some like explanation for why it happened. So Lucy didn't like you dogging on your on her girl. No, like I really think Lucy did not enjoy my talking. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, so either this is the longest like fib that my husband has ever carried out or Lucy pulled my hair. And I like to think Lucy did. You know, not a lot happened on that tour. And I think you're right. It's because my husband's a non-believer. I think that it kind of stopped anything kind of coming near us because of that. So like if we were to go, I'd be super stoked because we both, you know, are super into this stuff. So if you ever plan on doing a ghost tour, bring your friends or your loved ones that also believe in it so that you actually have an experience and it doesn't result in hair pulling. I agree. I mean, honestly, like think spirits can tell if you welcome experiences like that. And so like I have had a million and one 
experiences, including even in our brand new house that my husband has not had. But my husband is not like he believes in it, but he has said like, no, I don't. I'm not open. I don't want anything. But I'm like, drag me across the floor. Like I want to know. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't. I don't want to be dragged across the floor. Yeah, tell them it's a joke right now, or you're gonna be. Your dog started barking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would just like to point out it is dark now, and if anyone is walking, that's a ridiculous time to go for a walk. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrifying. <laughs> Maybe take that drag across the floor back real quick. I want it. Don't do it. <laughs> they listen to me, so. <laughs> No cap again. Genuinely, I've had conversations. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I'm no. sure it's terrifying. That's the stuff. <laughs> that's the stuff that happens. I'm not like it happens all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. We're good. <laughs> what the? F all right. That's probably why your internet went to shit earlier, and that's why it took us an hour to do this. I, I said it was like the spirits among were like, nah, girl, you're not talking about me. And so they messed up our stuff. Yeah, well. But I think that when life goes back to normal, that should be something that we plan on doing is going to the Stanley. Yeah, I've never been. Oh, it's so fun. It's And it's like cool. Like the history's cool and just all of it's cool. But it'd be so fun to go. and do like a ghost tour, whether it's staying, you know, I would love to stay the night at some point if we could ever do that. And they also have a psychic down like in the basement of the Stanley. She works there like she's got, you know, set hours or whatever. But wouldn't it be so crazy to go to see a psychic in the basement of a haunted hotel? Yeah, no, I'm here for it. I like sign me up for all the above that you just said. I'll go. Let's go. I want it. Let's do it. So what that means is we need people to listen so we can get sponsors <laughs> and then we can do it. <laughs> speaking speaking of sponsors, I real quick, I know my mom's listening. I just wanted to thank my mom. She su was super generous and helped us get this started and some of the program and the equipment that we're using. So mom, thank you very, very much for your kind and generous donation and for supporting Amber and I while we you know, did this crazy thing. So thank you. Thank you, Mama Nancy. We wouldn't be able to edit this shiz without you. And there will be a lot of editing. So we appreciate it. <laughs> a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the what I found on the Stanley. And honestly, you know, with FO's life goal being making others happy, it kind of makes sense that while there are ghosts and yes, in the moment, that would be like, completely terrifying like to see a whole party going on and them not see you or whatever like in the moment like I, I made jokes and you we made jokes I should say in the moment I would be shitting bricks yeah super super <laughs> surreal I'm sure I can't yeah so I just think that but even that like the ghosts at the Stanley like so many stories in these books are about partying <laughs> they just want to get crunk they do and I think that's a light in lifestyle that he had for everything like 
I think he was just him and his wife. I shouldn't just say him. Him and his wife are really great people. And like they made this lovely place that people just want to stick around when they die. I'll go there too. And just keep partying. Oh my God. I would love to. Like if that's where I hang out for eternity, that's cool. Right. No kidding. Well, that was the Stanley Hotel, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the research that we worked on and the stories that we found. I know it's not really scary, but I think it's kind of nice that there is a kind of like Casper the Friendly Ghost vibe over at the Stanley Hotel. And I can't wait to visit with Leslie when life gets normal again and we'll see what kind of ghosty things we have. But until then, you know, our storytelling will have to get us through until everything gets normal in the world again. Great job, honestly. (laughs) Just phenomenal. You said the research that we did, but you did the research. This was all Amber. So snaps to you. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for getting us started on a great foot. And you did great. So give yourself a pat on the back. All right. I'll do the pat. There we go. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes, seriously. Thank you so much for those who have stuck around. It only gets up from here. Hopefully (laughs) our content improves and we just want to give you guys something that you will enjoy. So thank you. Yes, thank you listeners. That was awesome. And by listeners, I mean friends and family who we have stalked and forced to listen to this so we can start off on a good foot. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with stalking and forcing, right? Until I have a cop knocking on my door, I don't think it's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hopefully everyone understood the supreme sarcasm, you know. We're not (laughs) not stalking anyone here, so no worries. No. No, we're just, you know, reminding our friends and family aggressively on social media that we are doing this. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for everyone for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find The Grim Mystics on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics. Grim Mystics.